This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And on today's show, we'll preview tonight's matchup with men's basketball against Temple. We'll give you some good highlights, but also some good sound bites on Kaysen Pryor, who was, as we projected, and not like it was a big projection considering what he did on the court, the AAC Player of the Week. We'll also give you a little sneak peek as to what to expect on tomorrow's Bullseye. Trust me, I want to hear that. And hopefully you heard Bull speed ahead. There's still plenty more chances to catch it. You can also catch it online with Michael Kelly yesterday. Not only do we talk plenty about men's basketball, but it is special. And I mean special guest women's golfer Leo Medeiros was tremendous. She represented the entire AAC out in Arizona at the NCAA convention. You got to hear not only a student-athlete's point of view, but a very intelligent and very well-reasoned and explained student's point of view on NIL, on the transfer portal. It was something else. Second segment of today's show, get ready to hear the Wilkes sisters. We're going to do a family affair version of our softball interviews that we were able to gather up from the softball team's photo shoot. We've enjoyed bringing them to you so far. I think you'll enjoy hearing from the Wilkes sisters there from Tampa, Jocelyn and Alex, who is a freshman. Maybe her sister had something to do with her coming to South Florida. Yeah, probably. And oh yeah, two weeks from tomorrow, the season will begin. We'll have both of those games, the softball team against Illinois State and Bethune-Cookman on Thursday, February 8th, the following weekend. Baseball picks up, so get ready to hear plenty of both of those sports soon here on the channel. And speaking of keeping it in the family, no, she doesn't have a sister on the team, but another freshman by the name of Dania Brooks. You'll hear my chat with her. Dania Brooks, whose dad you might know, Derek Brooks. So that's coming up in our second block. So, Kaysen Pryor, the player of the week. Before we get into tonight's game, plenty of memories to relive and some cool sound bites you might have missed because we had, of course, the show on Thursday previewing the men's basketball game at Memphis. We didn't do a show on Friday because we just wanted to replay the game. But an impromptu press conference was scheduled for Friday afternoon in light of what had happened in Memphis. And it was well attended by the media, so that was pretty cool to begin with. We posted the whole press conference online, but there were some cool clips, not just about Kaysen Pryor and about the team, but from Kaysen himself that we'll get to. Yeah, let's go ahead and why not relive some of the highlights that made him the AAC Player of the Week, starting with his bit in the big comeback in Memphis. And now they're starting to turn the ball over on top of that. Selton Miguel on the left wing had two defenders on him. Gets it back out to the top. Bulls have had nothing on the interior pretty much today. Here's another long three. Good by Kaysen Pryor. He gets it to go. Kaysen Pryor, only his fifth made three on the season. What a big one that was, 34-20. to 20. Yeah, if the Bulls can get hot from long range, that's what, certainly one way to cut into the margin in case of Pryor particularly if he can get hot he can be very dangerous into the short corner to Pryor turnaround jump shot is good and he got fouled as well in case and Pryor giving the old guns up while he's down on the floor Pryor he's got Tomlin on him he's going to make a spin move into the paint off the window and in Pryor goes left side typically a right-hander will spin the, to the right he went the other way and Tomlin couldn't defend it and the layup was good Bulls trail up by 20. Minute and a half gone case and Pryor left wing three lets it fly off the back iron Kobe Knox gets an offensive rebound and comes back Right in front of our broadcast spot. Cross-court pass in the corner goes. Pryor's going to load up another three, and that one's good. Swished it in. Kaysen Pryor has made two three-pointers in the game for the first time in his South Florida career. We're under two minutes to go. 
Left corner, kicks it back out to Selton Miguel. Right corner, it goes Youngblood. Catch and shoot, three, off the rim. Pryor got the rebound, threw it up, it didn't go in, but it'll go to the free throw line. Where did Kaysen Pryor come from? Yep, they put the bat signal up and Batman swooped into the alley. Almost made the basket, but he'll go to the free throw line. I mean, he just bailed him out time and again against Rice last Friday night, and he's doing it again tonight. Here we go. They hand Stroud the ball, looking to get it in. Looking for Miguel. Pryor's wide open. He's going to the basket, and he got fouled hard by Tomlin. What a beautifully drawn-up play. I can't believe how open Pryor was. So you got a guy who's shooting free throws like it's his job. And go to the line where he's eight for nine. Eight for nine and 15 of 16 in the last game against Rice. Gives two thumbs up, does Kaysen Pryor. He wants the ball dried off a little bit. Yep. Well, this guy has got a flair for the dramatic, doesn't he? Yes. He and wants the stage to himself. And he's got a routine <laughs> that he's got to stick to, and he's, and he's sticking to it. Takes his time. Let's fly with the first free throw. Yes, indeed. Kaysen Pryor has given the Bulls the lead. Let's it fly. Missed it. Rebound by Walton to near midcourt. Official goes down. Quinterly fires a three. Off the rim, the Bulls have done it. Oh my God, the Bulls have done it. We have witnessed one of the great wins in the history of USF men's basketball. Indeed we have, and oh, incidentally, 20-point comebacks have become the new two-point comeback in the American Athletic Conference. We'll talk a little bit more about what's gone on since not just that game, but the Rice game in the league and where the Bulls stand in the standings, which is fun to talk about these days. And we'll get into some of his highlights against Wichita, but I mentioned the press conference on Friday. I wanted to play some of that. First of all, I asked Kaysen Pryor about his free throw situation. Then he gets into some interesting commentary about Memphis and maybe the part the Tigers played in the comeback. And finally, Amir Abdurrahim on the big man, who is the AAC Player of the Week after back-to-back tremendous performances if you don't want to give away a seat you don't have to but during those eight to ten to twelve seconds when you're holding the ball three throw line mm -hmm. what are you thinking about <laughs> obviously it's a, it's a routine. that's a good question man uh, i'm just breathing i'm just i'm just basking right i'm like i'm just chilling in the light you know i'm just getting my breaths getting my rhythm down and, and shoot when i'm ready my dad always taught me you know you shoot when you're ready, you know, and nobody forces you, you know, to rush you or whatever. So whenever you're comfortable, you take your shot. So I just get up there, get a rhythm, get a good line and sight for the rim on the, you know, trajectory basically of how I'm about to shoot. And, uh, you know, obviously been shooting pretty good percentage doing that. I felt like Memphis came out a little bit lazy, maybe a little cocky, like we had already won. Uh, and I felt that, and, you know, they were lazy on some things and we took advantage of it. We played harder, we wanted to win. You know, they, they hadn't been humbled in a while being on a 10-game streak, so they probably felt like, man, it's just another game in AAC, you know. So uh, we took advantage of their, their you know, their, their carelessness coming out and the lack of daisicalness, and uh, we just played harder than them. I'm proud of them all, but Kaysen, to tell you, I, I coach him harder than anybody um, simply because I know what he means to our team, but I know where he can go, right? Um, and what he's, you know, it's a scary word, potential, right? But he has so much untapped potential that not only if we can, you know, get it out of him here, it's going to help our team, which it has, but he's going to change his life. He's going to change his family's life. And that's ultimately what it's about. It's not about me. It's about South Florida. And like, as I tell these guys all the time, uh, sh like Charlie was on the trip with us. It's the coolest thing ever for him to share that experience with us. But 
they see the pride and passion and the love that Charlie Bradley has for USF. And I tell them all the time, like you want to, one day you're going to want to have that same, you're going to have that same passion and you're going to want the kids that wore that jersey to play the right way. And so his growth over this year, I think, and he's been through a lot. You guys got to understand, started out at Boise State and as a young freshman on a, on a, on a good team, didn't quite understand probably why he wasn't playing. One of the more talented guys on that team took a really unconventional route when he transferred. He didn't go sit out at another D1. He went to junior college to prove himself and have his options. Now he's here at South Florida, and as I've told him, man, I'm gonna love you every day. I'm gonna love you enough not to let you settle for mediocre, you know? And he's made the decision to wanna be great, to wanna be elite. And his play has really catapulted us. It's given us energy um, on both ends of the floor. And I'm just really proud of his growth as a, as a man first. You know, this is a guy who's right there to be on the honor roll last semester academically. And I think he'll get it for sure this time. And he could have been talking about player of the week, which was not given to Kaysen Pryor a week ago because Javon Quinterly, frankly, had a pretty good week and Memphis won both of its games and he had a game-winning shot. But it all worked out in the end because, of course, he missed the game-winning shot, which allowed Kaysen Pryor and the Bulls to win. And eventually, Pryor, all he had to do was have a decent game against Wichita State. And he did not settle for decent. A couple of those highlights. We're all tied at 41 again. 14-10 left to go. Cortez drifting right. Lost it on the handle. Placer was there to disrupt it. Picked up by Selton Miguel. Selton kicks it right side. Youngblood puts it on the floor to the baseline. One-handed pass to Pryor. Launches a three. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Here they come! Here they come! Crosses over again. Now leaves it for Pryor in the short corner. Little 12-footer. Yep, indeed. Kaysen Pryor, he's got 18. Little baby pass from Selton Miguel on the interior to Pryor, who was wide open. What the heck? He takes the shot and he makes it. Boy, if you can make those 12 to 14 footers on the baseline at 6'10, you can make some money in this game. B-Day's going to launch a three. This is way off. And Pryor gets the rebound after Stroud put a great box out down low. Here comes Pryor quickly the other way. Goes to work on Poto, fires off the window and in! An opportunity in a three point play, and we got some major swagger coming out of number 11. Yeah, he is. He's feeling it. Kobe Knox gets it to Kaysen Pryor wide open. Shot clock down to 10. Kaysen drives it into the paint between the legs twice. Steps back. Shoots from 15. Good! Kaysen Pryor with 7 on the shot clock, 17 on the game clock. Give the Bulls a four-point lead. He has a chance to ice this one away, perhaps. 3.9 left. Pryor sitting at 23 points today. Takes his time. We'll shoot to our right. Let's it go. Good. Well, that's the big one because that makes it a three-point margin. He could pretty much ice this thing away with a make. Takes his time, takes his one dribble, lets it fly around the rim, and in. Pryor gives him a four-point lead and a timeout by South Florida. What he did against Rice was just amazing, taking over the game from all angles, and to follow that up with a true Player of the Week performance, exactly 10 rebounds in both games. 21 and 25 points. You talk about making a living at the line. And again, this was coming off two games in a row where he did not attempt a free throw before he went all in the second half against Rice, 15 for 16, then 9 for 11 and 11 for 11, perhaps masking the fact that in the last two games from the floor, he was just 11 for 35. But what he's done at the line is amazing, and what he's done for the team is incredible. You heard against Wichita, it wasn't just stat padding. It was 
clutch shots again in a game where he did not start well at all from the floor, ended up six for 21, but when it counted, certainly made some shots. And of course, the whole team was kind of struggling from the floor to begin with. Now, tonight's opponent is a familiar one, one that the Bulls played not too long ago and defeated Temple. And in that game, the Bulls were actually down in the second half by four, but that was briefly and early. The Bulls have been down in the second half in all of their conference wins, but they are 4-1 and one in them. Tonight's opponent is Temple, and yes, the Bulls played the Owls at the beginning of the conference season. That's a game where the Bulls, you might recall, went on an 11-for-11 stretch from the floor to take, well, an 11-point lead. Saw Temple cut it to one, though, before Kobe Knox came back and hit a big bucket. Saw Miguel, a clutch three right around the minute mark, and then... Yep, Gason Pryor himself with the exclamation point. Let's relive that. Gets it to Hoffman. A steal by Pryor. Goes down and he's going to throw it down with two hands. He made the steal at the top of the key. Slammed it home. That might be the exclamation point. Turns out it was. The Bulls coughed up 21 points to Temple guard Jordan Riley. He's only averaging 11.5 on the season as far as the Bulls went in that game. Remember, they only had seven healthy bodies in it, so they're much fuller. You'd think that would add up to a Bulls victory tonight, but it's never easy to win on the road. And remember, the Bulls 4-1 in conference, but three of those wins are at home. Granted, the road win was at Memphis, which, if you didn't see it, turned around and lost a, not a big lead, but a close game at Tulane on Sunday afternoon, snapping Tulane's 53-game losing streak to ranked opponents for the Bulls. It was their first win over a top 25 team in more than a decade. This was the first ranked win for Tulane, believe it or not, since 1999, and that was against number 25, NC State, and first win over a top 10 since 1983. So Memphis, yeah, they're not stumbling and bumbling. They've lost just two games in conference, but Charlotte is the leader, and we've alluded to it, that being down by 20 is the new being down by two in the AAC. Charlotte was down by 20 last night. Charlotte was down by 20 in its previous game and won them both. The previous game, incidentally, was against that Rice team. And we'll bring this back to Temple in a second, that the Bulls, of course, came back from down 12. Rice led at home against Charlotte in its next game, 24-4 and lost. Then last night, Charlotte was down 20 at home to UAB. Now, the difference is they got it to 10 at halftime and actually had the lead midway through the first half. So Charlotte contending with the Bulls for story of the year in the conference at 6-1. and one. FAU's 5-1, and one, then a three-way tie for third at 4-1. and one. The Bulls tied with two teams they haven't played yet, SMU and North Texas. Now Temple, which believe it or not, was down 16 in its last game to Rice, came back but still lost, has lost four games in a row. And they were frankly blown out in the prior three double digits at home to East Carolina, by 18 at North Texas, and by 13 at SMU. So you'd think the Bulls' chances are pretty good tonight to go to 5-1 and one in the conference. We'll have the coverage for you live on Bulls Unlimited, 6.30 pregame with Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston. We'll recap it for you on Friday's show. Be hoping that the guys can bring home a victory, and they'll be back at it Saturday against UTSA. I actually saw the guys as they were leaving on the bus. We had just finished some work that included the women's basketball interviews we did for Bullseye. We being myself, Kaylee Cottrell, and Joey Johnston. Love working with them. We had the debut of the basketball version of the show that started off in football season with Alex Golish. So you're going to hear from Jose Fernandez on what has been a unique challenge for his team this year, but we'll get more into the women's team on Friday and how this next week in particular is huge for the team to climb out of where they are 
in the standings, which is in ninth place. And do not miss our conversation with Romy Levy. She's overcome a lot in her past, including a torn ACL. She's also from Israel, of course, and her family lives there still. What she says about all of it, trust me, is tremendous. I've grown to really become a fan of Romy Levy, not just for what she's done on the court. And by the way, I did the math. The women's basketball team is 11-9. Just by coincidence, after 11 games, she was averaging 7.2 points. In the last nine, she's averaging 17.5. She's basically averaging what her career high was before this stretch of nine games. That's how much Romy has meant to the team of late. And again, Bullseye airs for the first time at 7 a.m. right here on the stream on Thursday. And our non-basketball guest, Steve Bradley from Men's Golf, is always fun to talk to. You'll get all of that. It repeats every hour from 7 until 10. And yes, it's a video-based show, so if you want to see us, why would you want to see me, but everybody else you would, that pops up later on Thursday. But if you want to hear it first, tune in to Unlimited 7, 8, or 9 a.m.